Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie, the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio. We're talking baseball kind of whenever I'm your host, Christianta. Across from me, as you cannot see on YouTube, unfortunately, is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I am doing very well today. We had uh, a couple of World Series games that we get to break down today. One amazing game, one game. Yeah, it's that just kinda a existed. game that happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, so far, my prediction looks pretty good. Your prediction is on track as well. I had the Astros... All right, the uh, the Phillies taking game one, the Astros taking game two. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly wouldn't have, I wouldn't say it happened the way I thought it would, but uh, yeah, you know, game one was fantastic. You know, very epic game that really could have gone either way. Game two was kind of over pretty quickly. It felt like. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, and you know, we'll start off by talking about game one, but you know, to the to to a casual viewer, like. In game one, you could have thought, you know, oh, five nothing, Verlander's on the mound. This game's kind of over, yeah. and then and then it wasn't, because uh, you know Justin Verlander has he, you know, he's had he's had three playoff starts now this year, and and two of them have just gone kind of haywire. Two out of the three, yeah. Two out of the three, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, we could start off by talking about, I mean, two number one guys, Aaron Nola and Justin Verlander, just not performing uh, how they should. It's, um, I feel bad for Kyle Tucker, man. <laughs> he, Yeah. <laughs> he uh, had a great game that will not be remembered. Right, yeah. Kyle Tucker um, got the first run of the ball game with a, with a home run. And then, uh, what was it? Yuli, Yuli Gurriel had a RBI single. Yes. And then Kyle Tucker had a three-run home run. Um, made it five nothing in the bottom of the third, and then uh, top of the fourth, the uh, the Phillies come storming back, um, and they they're hitting the ball hard, uh, doing doing some good things against Justin Verlander. Where you know uh, top of the fourth, um, a lot of the, a lot of it is happening with two outs as well. Uh, all the scoring happened with two outs, but it was first and third. Um. Well, with two outs, there was a single. Uh, there was a man on second. Bryce Harper was on second after a, uh, or no, uh, Reese Hoskins was on second after a single. Mm-hmm. Then Bryce Harper singled. Then Nick Castellanos hit an RBI single. That one you can't really put on Verlander at all, um, because I mean it was uh, it was like one foot below the ground or one foot above the ground. Um, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, and uh, and then Alec Bohm hits a two-run double to make it five to three, and it's like, all right, this is a game. And then in the next inning, it was the fifth, I believe. JT Real Muto hits a, a two-run double into the left center field gap. Uh, a ball that he stung pretty well. I thought it was gone off the bat. That ended up tying the game. Uh, JT Real Muto, we'll get into later, but he had a big game. And then it came down to bullpens. And Philly's bullpen, you know, it's obviously been a major talking point over the last few years, but it really came through in this game. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, like they came through. They came in th- through in big moments as well. Uh, so Real Muto, uh, yeah, he had a big game. But uh, I think a big takeaway was Justin Verlander and his performance. Uh, you know, he allowed five runs, and that was after the Astros grabbed a lead. You know, they set him up with the runs he needed, and he couldn't couldn't get to it. And I had a I had a stat on. Justin Verlander and how he was leaving his breaking balls in the upper two-thirds of the strike zone, which is not where you want to have it. Uh, He left 38.2% of his breaking balls in the upper two-thirds of the strike zone. League average uh, is about 24%, so he was about 14% above league average with that. And, you know, I looked at his regular season statistics, and when he left it, in the upper two-thirds of the strike zone, left breaking balls in the upper two-thirds of the strike zone, he had a 350 slugging against, which, you know, actually isn't too bad. But when he left it in the bottom third of the strike zone and below, they were slugging, hitters were slugging 189 off his breaking balls. So obviously he was able to have more success this season uh, not putting those breaking balls in the upper two-thirds of the zone. But he did... A lot of that on um, he did a lot of that on Friday, and uh, you know the two big two big hits, which were Alec Bohm Alec Bohm's double and G- JT Realmuto's double. Those were both you know hanging breaking balls, and uh, cost him cost him a lot. So I think it was just kind of bad execution on Ver- Verlander's part. Yeah, I mean you had it, that would you broke it down pretty perfectly uh, because you mentioned you know the Mariners start. It was high. Yankees started, it was low. Philly started, it was back to being high. And those are the two starts that he got crushed in. And yeah, Verlander, you know, there will be a game five now, as we've as we've learned, and Verlander will likely pitch. So I think that's definitely the big thing that you're going to need to watch for with him uh, going into that game. Yeah, absolutely. Like, definitely a key factor is keeping those breaking balls uh, below, you know, below the upper two-thirds of the strike zone um, because it works for him. Uh, yeah, d- as Daniel prefaced, I, I did have a tweet about that where um, that number of breaking balls in the upper two-thirds of the strike zone, they were higher in the Mariners and Philly start, and it was much lower, much, much lower in the uh, in the Yankees start. So it was a matter of like one out of five in, instead of two out of five. Exactly. Which is uh, quite the difference. So yeah, Verlander gets bounced. And yeah, as you mentioned, battle of the bullpens, and uh, uh, surprisingly, the, the Phillies won. <laughs> they did what they were not supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Astros had them right where they wanted them, no doubt. For sure, for sure. Um, the Astros against the Phillies bullpen. Well, first of all, the Phillies bullpen, they had five and two-thirds innings pitched. Uh, no runs, four hits, two walks, and seven strikeouts on Friday night. And uh, the Astros against the Phillies bullpen, they had four at-bats with runners in scoring position. But uh, but they were over four in in those uh, situations, um, and uh, big play, big play in what the bottom of the ninth? Yes, it was. Yeah, it would have won the game. There was a man on second with two outs. Yeah, Altuve I think singled and then stole second to set up uh, Pena. Was it Pena? Um, Had to have been. Yeah, I well yeah I would guess because uh, it wasn't Alvarez. Right, and 
Yeah, no, it was because Alvarez let off the next inning, so it had to have been Pena. It was it was Jeremy Pena, correct. I'm looking at baseball reference. And, uh, yeah, so Pena bloops one, right field. Nick Castellanos is coming in on it. He's not known for his defense, obviously, but uh, he comes in and makes a sliding grab to many of our surprises. And, uh, yeah, it was... It was a great moment. I think everybody was, everyone, was, uh, everyone paying attention to Nick Castellanos <laughs> and his defense was very surprised. I was, uh, I was at a Halloween party for this game, and I was in a buddy of mine's room because that's the only place the game was on. It wasn't on like in the living room or whatever. And there ended up being like, I don't know, maybe like between five and ten people in the room at this time, but everyone was actually socializing. Yeah, like people were kind of half watching the game, just kind of keeping an eye on it. I was, of course, fully invested, and I screamed like, "Oh my God, Castellanos!" <laughs> uh, at the top of my lungs, and everyone was like, oh, "What happened?" <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, I mean, obviously, Castellanos is not known for his defense. Um, shout out to Mark Sheldon of MLB.com. I I uh, heard about this stat for because Alex Spear of the Boston Globe he retweeted it. Bit great. Uh, Red Sox beat reporter, but Mark Sh- Sheldon said, uh, according to Statcast, the ball had a 65% uh, catch probability for a three-star catch, but Castellanos was five for 55 on three-star catch attempts this season. That's so, fantastic. So basically, like Castellanos was like nine percent on those types of balls, and he got it. <laughs> <laughs> he got it on a on that particular on that particular night to save the game. And then, yeah, JT Real Muto homers the next uh, next inning. Yeah, he did. JT Real Muto. Uh, so we had the two-run double to tie in the fifth. He had the go-ahead home run in the 10th inning. Uh, he had a WPA, a win probability added, of .569 in this game. That is the second highest win probability added by in a World Series game by a catcher. Uh, of course, going back to 1903. The, uh, the only one who tops him would be Hal Smith. If you're familiar with uh, the 1960 World Series, Game yep. 7, he had one plate appearance in that game. It was in the bottom of the eighth, two on, two out, and he hits a three-run homer. Uh, that's the only all, only more win probability added by in a single game by a catcher. Yeah. Uh, and it came with one at bat. Yeah, JT Real Muto. helps it out a lot. JT Real, Real Muto, I mean, he's... So valuable to the Phillies team. I mean, uh, definitely, like, indisputably right now, best catcher in baseball. I, th- I think he came off, like, a couple seasons where maybe he wasn't at his full potential. But this season, uh, I think, got six wins above replacement, at least on fan graphs he did. Um, you know, very solid offense, uh, especially in the last, like, three, four months of the season. And, yeah, he's comes up big twice uh, you know, obviously the Phillies are not winning that game without uh, without JT Real Muto. Um, you put that. What's the last note you put down for oh, game just one? Oh, Ledby's Diaz, LOL. Yeah, uh, there was that. I think it was in the bottom of the ninth. Or the, yeah, it had to have been ninth where uh, Diaz uh, le- clearly leaned into a pitch to get hit by it, and the umpire called it as such. It was on a two zero count, so kind of weird in that sense. But um, right. Yeah, the umpire called him back, and there was just so much complaining that I saw on Twitter about the call, and just it was a about the call and b about the fact that he was leaning in. Yeah, uh, I don't think either of them are legit. Like, hey man, I'm not gonna knock you if if you think leaning into a pitch to try and get on base is your best bet to get on base because 
Vladimir Diaz isn't the greatest hitter in the Astros lineup, and definitely yeah. hasn't been all postseason. But don't be surprised when the umpire calls it because he made it extremely obvious there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, a ball was almost in the strike zone. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. It was, it happened. You know, he leaned in, ump called it, and that was that. And that's what should have happened. It was a good call. There's been a lot of good umpire in this series. Yeah, it's right. It's been an underlying story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the World Series brought out the best umpires. For um, now, knock on wood. For now, yeah, knock on wood. Um, yeah, it's been... Uh, that was pretty incredible to uh, to see there. Um, yeah, pretty incredible to see. Um, yeah, very funny that he leaned he he leaned in so hard. And yeah, if you're complaining about the call there, you're you're uh, you're kind of on a you're kind of just not not making the right point. You're arguing the wrong things here. Yeah, I agree. Um, so so yeah, uh, and yeah. Aledmus Diaz, he ends up grounding out to Alec Bohm to end the game, and Phillies win. Game two happens. Uh, in a similar fashion, the Astros get out on top. Funnily enough, they get out on top five to nothing again. Uh, it starts out with three runs in the first inning. Um, Zach Wheeler really just did not have his, uh, his best stuff. Um, no, he really didn't. He was leaving a lot over the middle of the plate, and... Uh, and yeah, it just had bad results all over. And you were you were calling it out in real time too. Oh, I very much was. Like uh, the first pitch of the game was, I think it was in game day zone five, which is middle middle. Yeah. Uh, and it was against Jose Altuve. He doubled. Second pitch was also right around there, and it was a double to Jeremy Pena. Alvarez. He left one up to Alvarez, who hit it off the Crawford box's wall uh, for a double. Wheeler's location earlier in that one was just not there at all. Yeah, and it resulted in, uh, I think the first three batter, the first three batters, all reached base via double. The Astros re- were the first team in World Series history, I believe, to start a game with three consecutive extra base hits. We love that. Yeah, that's a that's a good stat. Um, yeah, three consecutive doubles uh, that scored two runs, and eventually uh, there was an error that scored the third run. So, not all charged to. Uh, Wheeler there, or at least earned runs wise, but yeah, Wheeler. Um, he ended up, yeah, he ended up shutting it down for the next three innings, mm-hmm. and then allowed a single to Jose Altuve with, and then a two out home run, two out two run home run to Alex Bregman to uh, make it five to nothing. Zach Wheeler on the night, uh, he allowed eighteen batted balls. Eleven of them were hard hit. Sixty one percent of his batted balls were hard hit in uh, game two. And uh, those 11 hard hit balls against him were tied for the most hard hit balls that Wheeler has allowed in the StatCast era. And that includes includes 151 outings from Zach Wheeler, and that was tied for the most hard hit balls he's allowed. Uh, Seven of those hard hit balls came in game day zone five, which is, (laughs) as you mentioned, middle-middle. Uh, so you know, whenever he put it in, whenever he put it right down the middle, the Astros took advantage, which is exactly what they needed to do. Yeah, I, I mean, they did exactly that. I mean, the Astros, like that's that's such a good hitting team, and they have been not just like power wise, but contact wise as well. You know, that's such a dynamic offense, and you really can't be leaving balls out like that. Uh, he had it coming. Yeah, kinda. yeah, and you know, good on the Astros for you know they had a. Very tough loss to start the series. They came back out like nothing ever happened and scored three runs in the next inning. Um, 
just very good from them. And then Framber Valdez, he had a spectacular night as well. He's had a spectacular postseason in general. Uh, he threw six and a third, one run, uh, four hits, three walks, nine strikeouts. Also, with Framber Valdez, you know he's going to give up ground balls. He had uh, 12 batted balls. Nine of them were ground balls, so that's 75%. Uh, you had a good stat on yeah. Framber Valdez as well. So this is this is very much a stat cast stat. Statcast stat. Yes. Um. So forty. So Framber Valdez threw one hundred and four pitches in last night's game, Saturday night's game, and we're recording this on Sunday. But forty nine percent of them, fifty one of those one hundred and four pitches were thrown in what's called the shadow zones uh, on Baseball Savant. So Baseball Savant has a very broken down strike zone where it's uh it's heart, shadow, chase, and waste. So heart means it's the heart of the plate. You know, you don't want to throw it there for obvious reasons. You know, it's very hittable. Shadows are around the edges of the strike zone. Chase is, you know, pretty self-explanatory. It's a pitch you throw on, you know, 0-2, 1-2 to try and get a swing and miss that you're confident a guy won't square up if it's located a little bit wrong. And then there's waste, of course, which is just, it's like 50 cents first pitch. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go there. Um out of out of these four, uh, the league woba was the lowest on the shadow zones this year. Uh, it was at only two six five was the league woba on shadow zone pitches, yeah, which is about and sixty per, sixty points below average. So all of this is just to say that's where you want to throw the ball. Yeah, almost every time. Forty nine percent of the time, Framber Valdez threw there. That's the highest percentage in any World Series game with a hundred pitches since two thousand thirteen. Yeah. So it was a really impressive outing. He was locating beautifully. Uh, he had a solid line, like Chris mentioned, six and third, one earned run, three walks, nine strikeouts. Uh, and that was, you know, and just to make my point even clearer, uh, of those 51 pitches, 23%, 23 of them, so 45.1%, resulted in a, in a called strike or a whiff. Nice. His called strike and whiff percentage was 45%. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, that's a very yeah, that's a very solid breakdown because a lot of the time, like it's very hard to it's very hard to describe like how well a pitcher's doing with location mm-hmm. with statistics. And yeah, the whole the whole shadow thing really provides a whole new element of like yeah, literally he's he was around the edges more than anyone since 2013. I'll probably make like a video cut up of every pitch he threw there that he got a swing and miss on. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Um, explain all that but uh so yeah we mentioned framber valdez he had a uh he had a great outing but that did not come out come without its controversy yes uh (laughs) you can go ahead on this one (laughs) um i mean yeah there you know the internet's a fun place it really is um the most popular thing most popular tweet was from josh reynolds appears to be a phillies fan who um who had his video got 6.5 million views uh, along with about 2,800 retweets and 18,000 likes. And it's, it's basically Framber Valdez, like he's wiping his hands. He's kind of going to, he's putting his left hand on his right hand. And it, you, you could take away that maybe there's a foreign substance thing. And he said, it's the caption that gets me, yeah. as you know. Uh, he says, I repeat, there's no way I'll ever be convinced that the Astros are still not cheating at home, uh, which is... They're still not cheating. Yeah. <laughs> he worded it wrongly, too. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it, it, 
it triggers me a little bit because I'm so tired of like I think the whole Astros cheating narrative is so dumb. It's very tired now. I'm it's very also tired like it. I'm at the point now where it's like you know the narrative was yeah teams cheated but the Astros cheated worse like they were more egregious than everyone else. At some point it isn't like yeah you should be cheating worse. Like yeah. if you're gonna cheat cheat. Yeah yeah. Like yeah. aren't we trying to win here? True. Like if you don't don't half ass it if yeah, you're gonna cheat. True. <laughs> For any moral high ground, like you're still breaking the rules, like might as well just destroy them. Yeah, but yeah, so like, there's that thing with the foreign substances. I feel like every playoff, there's a every playoff game, or yeah, every every year in the playoffs, there's like at least one thing of like, oh, this guy went to his. It already happened with Joe Musgrove this year. Yep, it's like, oh, you know, this guy. But, you know, I mean, if you look at baseball savant, his. Uh, his spin rates weren't up crazy significantly. Um, it was they were less up than Aaron Nola's, as you mentioned before the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what did you think about the whole thing? It was just—I mean, like I don't care. Maybe he was cheating. Um, his spin rates were not astronomically up, but Aaron Nola's were in Game One. Just for context, I, I don't care if he was cheating. He was cheating, like. Uh, it's it's not gonna hit. It's never gonna like the cheating thing will never hit the same as it did in twenty nineteen to twenty anyway. Yeah, you know, right, exactly. And at that point, at that point, if it comes out that he was, then we should just blame the umpires because they checked him every inning. Right. Yeah, they like, didn't find anything. Blame so. the enforcement of it. I mean, it is funny that like where <laughs> where the umpire checks have gone from like June twenty twenty one to now. Yep, it's much different. However, like you know, if the guy's got freaking pine tar or spider tack on his hand you i feel like your average umpire is going to be able to tell yeah you know it's just how it is and i and we saw there's also video evidence of him getting checked like that happened we saw that exactly um so yeah i mean it'll happen uh (laughs) do you want to get into uh the perfect game that was game two yeah pat hoberg uh (laughs) Elite umpire, as we saw. Zero missed calls on balls and strikes. Legendary. I mean, yeah. That doesn't happen. Yeah. It's <laughs> Period. Pretty, it's pretty beautiful. I mean, uh, we do know that the World Series is the best of the best, but not ever to this extent. No. I mean, it's <laughs> never happened before in the history of the the ump scorecard account. It's We've never seen a perfect game before, and we saw it in the World Series. Yeah. It's so funny. I've... Seen the photoshops of like him on Don Larson's body. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> I saw a photoshop. You know how Foolish Baseball tweets that picture of Felix Hernandez yeah. every time. Someone put that with a catcher's or yeah. with an umpire's mask yeah. on. <laughs> I saw that too. It's it's really phenomenal. Yeah, uh, yeah, we love that. I mean, very cool. What better can you ask for, really? Yeah, you no, can't it's ask for literally can't better can't for, ask for anything better. Yeah, you'll love to see it. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, it's uh you love to see it. But but yeah. So that happened and now um the now we're seri- looking ahead. <laughs> the series has shifted to Citizens Bank Park. Park we got a game 4 matchup in game 3. That's true. <laughs> Noah Syndergaard versus uh who is it? Lance McCullers Lance Jr. Lance McCullers Jr. who 
by Astros standards, has not been great, even though he started the 18-inning game that was 0-0 until the 18th. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he pitched... I mean, he got bad-bipped, I guess, in Yankee Stadium, you could say. Yeah, you could um, argue. He's definitely, I think, miles better than Noah Syndergaard right now. But CBP is CBP. Yeah, and... Yeah, it, that's like the element. That's just... It, you can't ignore that that's a factor in this in this series. I mean, yeah, we've I mean, just look seen at what it. look at what happened to the Braves. Look at what happened to the Padres. Like those teams couldn't compete. I mean, the Padres did for a little bit, but they really couldn't compete. Um. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's especially like I mean, that's what's going to be a key with the Astros here is to not let the Phillies score early or score first because mm-hmm. I mean, game. What was it? Game. Uh, you know, game three is Kyle Schwarber leadoff home run. I mean, the wheels were the wheels yeah. were turning for the game, Phillies after and game that. Game four was scoring three after giving up four. Yes, um, like the the crowd was always active, and you know, definitely helps when you have uh, guys when you have the Phillies scoring early on. So, I mean, that's going to be a big responsibility for Lance McCullers, Christian Javier, and. Justin Verlander in games three, four, and five. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, kind of surprised by the sequencing of how these matchups are going. Like, it has I've, been interesting. Like Christian Javier, if especially for how much rest these teams had for the Phillies, it makes a little more sense because they did use Ranger Suarez out of the bullpen in game one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, considering the rest these teams had, they are kind of hitting us with some wild cards in the rotation order. Yeah, like. Christian Javier, like I don't know, he's I, I think he should be getting a little more respect. But I, I think say, like you have a chance to go up two one, you might as well put the best guy you have out there. Right. I think I think it's more just like Lance McCullers has more experience. So I think Dusty's going with him. Yeah. That's just just seems to be the case. Um, yeah, Syndergaard going. I mean, the only argument I can have for that is like, you know, I know the Astros have Jordan Alvarez, but. I guess most of their offensive contributors are righties with Bregman, Altuve, and uh, and like even Jeremy Pena right now. Um, their catchers are have always been righties, and who else? Uh, Yuli Gurriel. Like it's mostly a righty lineup, and even with Jordan Alvarez, his numbers against lefties are still really good. So exactly, I guess you don't have to throw Suarez out there, but I don't know. I mean. Syndergaard didn't look bad in his one start this postseason. He didn't look great, but he didn't look bad. You're right. So, yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens there. I think it'll be a fun game with Game 3. I'm excited. I'm excited to see World Series uh, CBP, no doubt. Yeah. It's, like, especially, like, first game, energy's going to be there. That's why, like... Especially because they're not down 2 nothing either. Like, there's there's a lot at stake in Game 3. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like, they could definitely... Uh, like, in Yankee Stadium, it felt like, you know, in Game 3, they were playing for their season, and it got out of hand quickly. Like, even if it gets out of hand in, in CBP, like, the series is very much still attainable. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, big time there. Um, so, yeah, you have McCullers, Syndergaard. Then you have Javier versus Suarez. Um, and then you have uh, Verlander versus Nola. I think, you know, in at least two out of three of those games, there's definitely a clear, um, you know, starting pitching advantage. However, you know, that's Mm -hmm. not what, that's not what the game's all about. No. Um, a lot of it is just momentum and, and, uh, home field advantage. 
And we could be seeing some home field advantage in this one. Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, I definitely see how I see it going is uh, I think uh, Phillies win game three, um, Astros win game four, and uh, Phillies win game five. So my initial, one of my bold takes before the series was if the Phillies win game four, they're taking the series. I made that prediction under the assumption that it was going to be Javier versus either Syndergaard or Falter. Now that it's going to be Javier Suarez, which is still favorable in the Astros' case, but a little more generous for the Phillies, I think I am going to rescind that take. Uh, I'm going to have, although I am still going to have the Phillies winning games three and five and losing four, I don't think they beat Christian Javier. I'll take him in game three, though. That atmosphere is going to help that a lot. And then it'll go back to Nola versus Verlander in Game 5. Um, yeah. And I don't believe we've seen Verlander pitch on the road all postseason. So, you know, he's already been struggling at home in the postseason. I'd love to see if the crowd gets to him on the road or if he locks it down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been a weird thing with uh, Justin Verlander. I think you mentioned over the weekend, you know, he has the worst World Series ERA minimum, 30 innings pitched. Yep. Um, which is crazy to think about because... You know, we've kind of thought of him as a big game guy a lot of the time, but yeah, sometimes it's just not the case. It's weird because he always just dominates the Yankees in the postseason no matter what. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no matter what team he's on. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. And also I feel like he's he's got like a good L, LCS uh, <laughs> resume. Yeah, I mean like, the 29, like in the 2019 playoffs, Kevin Cash, after getting dealt against by Verlander, said we got Verlandered. Right, yeah. <laughs> like that actually happened. He's a thrill he's a he has a postseason ERA of three six nine. Yeah. And that's with a six oh seven World Series ERA. Yeah, a three in eighty innings pitched in the ALCS, he has a three point oh one ERA. In seventy nine innings pitched in the division series, a three point oh eight ERA. Yeah. <laughs> like he is a big game pitcher until it's the biggest game. Right, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um you have to. He's a he's a pretty big game pitcher. Not like a big game pitcher though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like you know, uh, yeah, like eighty five out of a hundred intensity type pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we'll see if that when like the second brightest lights are on, he's there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not the, you know, he can he can get in with the incandescent lighting, but the flu- <laughs> fluorescent lights, nah. it's too much, nah. too much for Verlander. <laughs> um. But yeah, so uh, we shall see how that how he fares in Game Five, which Indeed. will happen. Um, but yeah, anything anything more uh, before we wrap up here? I think that's it for me. Yeah, um, that's it. It's a shorter one for us because I mean, you know, it, we just had a free day and the there was no baseball on, so figured we'd recap Games One and Two mm-hmm. uh, for sure. So always good to talk baseball with each other here. Um, that does it for this installment of Above Replacement Radio. If you want to uh, follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. We hope you enjoyed this one, and we hope to see you next time where we will be talking about the World Series. We <laughs> will see you then. <laughs> this conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.